You see, we're thinking this morning about a man. A man who puts something like this on a door of a castle church 500 years ago last Tuesday. And you know, it started something called the Reformation, which is a big word. But it kind of is one of the greatest movements in the church ever. But it didn't just impact the church, it impacted every part of our lives. You know, far more than we, than we ever think. Let me give you a, an example of, of how much it impacted today. What is today's date? Come on, what is it? Who can tell me? Did anyone get wet last night at a bonfire party? Or the night before? What is it? It's bonfire night. Why do we have bonfire night? We have bonfire night because a German monk called Martin Luther knocked on a door with a thesis and made a statement. That's why we have bonfire night. Because that's what Bonfire Night is all about. It's all about a Catholic guy, Thorks, trying to kill a king who believed in the Reformation. That's the only reason we have it. You know, we don't, it's often we don't think about these things, but he did it to make a statement. He did it to say this. He was saying to the leaders of the church, the way that you're behaving is not right. Because we're going to think this morning about baptism. Ben and Dion are going to be barely read baptism. When we think about what baptism is all about, it's all about something that we call grace. You see, what the, what the church at the time was doing, which was the Catholic Church, what it was trying to do was it was trying to say to you, it was trying to spare you something of what happens when you die. Because they believed in a place called purgatory. Now, if some of you as adults, some of you kids won't have seen this, but some of you, maybe adults, have maybe watched a programme on a Saturday evening that's ran for the last three Saturday evenings in, on BBC that told you that life in those times was not very good. It was pretty tough to live in those times. There were none of these sort of like lovely gadgets that we have today. There were none of these things like electric lights. There was none of this heating system that we have. It was tough. And so they believed that once they died, they went to a place called heaven. But only the good people got in first. The rest had to go to a place called purgatory. Which doesn't exist, by the way, but people still believe it today, but it doesn't exist. It's nowhere in the Bible, basically. But, and this is what purgatory was like. It was a place where you went when you died, where you kind of went through trials and punishments. And it meant that after that, you could then go to heaven. You would be good enough. And of course, the reason why the church were talking about purgatory a lot was because they wanted to rebuild a place a bit like this. This place that we gather in today, a very famous place, a place called St. Peter's in Rome, but they didn't have enough money to do it. So what they did was they said to people, they said, we can spare the amount of time that you spend in purgatory. We can spare your time there. We'll say a prayer for you and people like me will say a prayer for you and it will lessen your time there, basically. But to do that, you've got to pay us some money. And of course people were doing it. And the church was robbing them. It was criminal. 
And that's why a German monk posted this on the door. Because the problem of what they were saying is kind of like what that guy was doing on the treadmill of running. Whenever you go down that line, you're always thinking this. I've got to run faster. I've got to run better. I've got to run quicker. And you're always asking the question, am I good enough? And it just messes with your head completely. Because you think that you're trying to please a God that you're always disappointing. And what he was saying, and what we're going to look at this morning, is that you're not saved by what you do. You're saved by what you've been done. Which is called a word called grace. And we're going to look at that this morning through an encounter that Jesus had with a man called Zacchaeus. And so I'm going to ask as we think about baptism this morning, which is all about grace. I'm going to ask Ben and Dion and their godparents to bring Bailey Ray up to be baptised. See, I often get asked to say grace at a meal and being saved by grace. And so if I had to sum it up in a sentence, this is how I'd put it. If we can just go to the, to the iPad now. Grace is a gift from God that can be received for all, by all because it costs Jesus everything. There it is in the sentence. Grace is a gift from God that can be received by all because it costs Jesus everything. And so for these next few minutes, I'm just going to run through that line over and over again about what it means to be saved by grace. It's a gift from God. You see, the thing about grace is it's God's gift to us. It's not about what we do. It's about what God has already done for us. It can be summed up in the Bible like this. This is how grace can be summed up. There's nothing I can do to make God love me any more, and there's nothing I can do to make God love me any less. Just like there's nothing you can do to make God love you any more, and nothing you can do to make God love you any less. Why? Because God is love. And grace is his gift. It's his gift to each one of us. But grace is a gift from God that has to be received. You know, if we think about the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, what's going on? Zacchaeus is running. He's running and he climbs up a tree to try and find Jesus. And yet when Jesus walks along, it's Jesus who finds him and offers him the chance to receive grace. Like we said in those baptism promises, we all wander far from God. We all wander and go our own way, but it's Christ who finds us and welcomes us home. Grace is a gift from God that can be received. You see, Harry, have you opened that gift yet? Will you open it now for me? Thank you.
Brilliant. You see, for any gift to be received, a gift has to be received, otherwise it has no value. And grace is a gift that has to be received, like any gift whatsoever. When Zacchaeus met Jesus, he had to get down from the tree, otherwise he couldn't receive the gift that Jesus was going to give him that day. If you like, he was up in the sycamore leaves, and quite simply what grace is, is it's the moment that you turn over a new leaf with Jesus. It's a gift that is, has to be received. But grace is a gift that has to be received by all. You see, the thing about grace is no one's excluded from it. Everyone can receive it. We'll see that now in this, in this next clip that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. It's from a very famous musical. That's also a film that's also a book. It's called Les Miserables. And this is a man called Jean Valjean, who's been a prisoner, and he's been let go, and he's got to decide what he's going to do with his life, and a bishop takes him in, and we'll see what happens now. Hey! Come and suffer, you are weary, and the night is cold out here. Though our lives are very humble What we have, we have to share There is wine here to revive you There is bread to make you strong There's a bed to rest till morning Rest from pain and rest from wrong Bless the food we eat today. Bless our dear sister and our honored guest. We have your silver. We caught this man red-handed. Get the nerve to say you gave him this. That is right. But my friend, you left so early. Surely something slipped your mind. You forgot. I gave these also. Would you leave the best behind? Monsieur, release him. This man has spoken true. I commend you for your duty. Now God's blessing go with you. But remember this, my brother. 
seeing this some higher plan. You must use this precious silver to become an honest man. By the witness of the martyrs, by the passion and the blood, God has raised you out of darkness. I have saved your soul for God. See, the thing about grace is this. Grace is a gift that can be received by all. No one is excluded from it. No one. You see, the thing is, we often use this term. We often say, justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. It's completely and utterly scandalous. You know, if we were thinking about this story today, it would be a bit like Harvey Weinstein walking into that door now, sitting amongst us, and then Jesus walking in a couple of minutes later and saying, hello, Harvey, I'm coming to your mansion for tea. That is how scandalous grace can be, as we see in that story there. Jean Valjean, if you like, had got a nice pit of silver and he thought he could get away with it. You know, I wonder what we would have done in that situation. I wonder maybe some of us might have said, well, serves you right. You get what you deserve. Maybe some of us might have been a little bit more forgiving and would have maybe said, Oh, well, oh, it doesn't matter. I forgive you, but thank you for bringing my silver back. But what does the bishop does? He not only says, oh, well, listen, yeah, of course it was you. Of course I gave it to you. Here, have the, have the silver, but you forgot the best bits. Why take the 50 pound piece of pewter? Take quite literally the 50 grand flagon, which is how much this is worth. Quite literally, that is the picture of something about grace. And we don't understand the story of Zacchaeus if we don't understand something about who Zacchaeus was. He was not a nice man. He really was not. He was a tax collector in the first century world, which, take it from me, was he was a robber. He robbed his own people. And to show the scandal of those people who heard Jesus' story the first time. You know, let me tell you something about first century life. You know, I was thinking about this. Last Tuesday, I was running. And I was running to catch a train because I was late. And it suddenly struck me. That would have been a scandalous thing for a man to do in the first century world to run in public. Because men didn't run in public. They really didn't. And then Zacchaeus climbed a tree. Men didn't climb trees in the first century world. So if you're this hero, you're thinking scandal after scandal after scandal. You know, you hear that in the words of the crowd when Jesus says to Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house for tea. He says, you go to that person's house. Why on earth are you doing that, Jesus? But that's grace. Grace is a gift that can be received by all because it costs Jesus everything. You see, you never understand grace I never understood grace. 
until I realized that I'd stood in, had to stand in Zacchaeus's position. I realized I had to stand in Jean Valjean's position and recognize that I was a sinner. And you never understand grace until you understand that you are a sinner, just like I am. Because otherwise, grace means nothing. And it was on the 17th of August, 1985, in the evening, I remember as if it was yesterday, in a place called Queen Margaret School, in a place called Eskrick near York. And that was the moment when I realized that I was Zacchaeus. That was the moment that I realized and started to understand what it means to be saved by grace. It was the most precious moment ever in my life. And it always will be. Because that was the moment that I understood what it meant to be saved by grace. Because no matter how much you run on that treadmill, we'll never be good enough. No matter how much we think we're getting better, we'll never be better. And what grace just releases us from that burden and says, you don't have to be that way. Because there was someone who came who was good enough, Jesus Christ, who never did sin. And he died on the cross. That's what grace is all about. But if grace ends there, that's good enough. But it's something more. You see, what happened with Zacchaeus was his life changed. He offered to pay back all the people far more than he ever did. And the thing about grace is because of Jesus' resurrection, he calls Christians who've been saved by grace to live a life of heaven on earth now. And that means that we're changed. Grace should change us. Grace is a gift from God that can be received by all because it costs Jesus everything. Let us pray. What we're going to do now for our, for our prayer activities is this. You may have been wondering, this lovely tree here. You know, isn't it fabulous? Don't you think it's fabulous? I think it's brilliant. You know, it, it took someone two and a half hours on Thursday morning to do this. And, you know, I said to them, I said to them, please, can you just draw me a tree? And so I was expecting this kind of line to appear and another line to appear. And then what they, I came back and they, about two and a half hours later and they said, I've finished. And they said, I've done it in 3D. And so they've created this tree. And so what we're going to do is um, I'm going to give each of you a leaf. Are you going to take a leaf? And I want you to write on something. I want you to write your name. But also I want to write, when for you was that moment? When was the moment that you decided that you needed to be saved by grace? You see, I can remember the, na- the date. I can remember the place. Maybe you can't remember for some of you. Maybe you can't remember. Maybe it's a... You can remember the year, but not the date. Or you can remember the month. 
And so I want you to write your name and where, whatever the date was, and we're going to stick it on the tree. We're not just going to do this this week. We're going to do this in a couple of weeks' time as well. And, and, and so on. That's, that's what we're going to do, first of all, the moment you were saved by grace. Now, of course, a church should be full of people who aren't followers of Jesus. So for some of you, that might be a, a hard thing to do. And so you might want to say, if you're part of this church, you might want to say, well, maybe soon, God. Or, I don't know. Because actually a church should be full of people who don't necessarily believe. Because that's what the church is there for. And so I'm going to ask you to, to, to take one of these leaves and just write your name and just write maybe a word or something like that. And we're going to do it one time. First of all, and then I'll explain what we're going to do the second time after that. So what we're going to do is we're going to play some music. And so we don't all have a rugby scrum round there. I'm just going to walk down the aisle. And as I walk down the aisle, I'm going to invite you, if you're in those pews or if you're in the corresponding side pews as well, to, to come up and to, to take a leaf. And to write your name. And then to, to write something. If you know the date, if you know the place, or if you know the year, then just do that. Or if you're sort of like thinking, well, I'm not sure when I did become a Christian. Or it might have been that for some of us, it was, well, I've always been a Christian. And that's fine. Just write the word always. So there are plenty of pens here. You'll find on the back of the leaf a bit of double-sided sticky tape, so you just peel it off and we'll, we'll just stick it at the appropriate place. Dear night. 